Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. I was going to make sure that my equipment is recording. <laughs> so if anyone can't stay for the whole time, you can subscribe to the podcast and listen to it later, or you can catch it on YouTube, my YouTube channel, and watch it later, whichever is your preference. Um, so yeah, so I, if, if you're new to me, my name is Tam. I've been homeschooling for nine years, and I have three children, and we're headed to first, fifth, and eighth grade this year. And one of the main things or one of the bigger obstacles that I think some people have or bigger objections I think people have to homeschooling is they think it has to be expensive. And if you know me in real life, like me and expensive don't necessarily go together. Like I don't like to <laughs> pay full price for things if I don't have to. I'm always looking for deals, discounts and freebies if I can. And so the subject that I was most concerned about this year was eighth grade history. Number one, it's my just not favorite subject to teach. I didn't enjoy it in school and I don't enjoy teaching it. But so I especially don't want to spend money on it. it it's just not my thing. So um, first thing I did was to go and see on the georgiastandards.org website, what exactly are we going to have to focus on this year and according to the state? And um, the, the whole year is all about Georgia history from beginning to present, like from Native Americans all the way through current times, which I was like, fabulous, my least favorite subject <laughs> and my least favorite state to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. Georgia's all right. But um, good morning. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Do you need me right now? No, I just want to say good morning. Okay. Good morning. Go have some breakfast. <laughs> um. And thank y'all so much for the follows. That was my daughter coming in to say good morning. All my kids were still asleep when I started this live, which I'm like, everybody's sleeping in late today, I guess. So anyway, um, so I go to georgiastandards.org, find out what it is that we actually have to teach. And then, um, you know, I'm just reading through the standards. And um, on Georgia's website, one of the best things that they do for us or for all educators is they go ahead and put good morning Chelsea <laughs> they go ahead and put like links to resources that the teachers will be using so one thing I saw on there that kept coming up over and over and over was georgiaencyclopedia.org so I was like favorite that site because a lot of what they're going to be teaching the kids in school is coming from that site in addition to that I went to the library yesterday and found this series of books which is all about Georgia so from beginning to, I think it's, this one stops about World War One. this series. I picked up the whole series at the library for free. And my daughter will read through some of this and will watch some of the YouTube um, videos that were linked in the teacher notes. Cause that's what it's literally called in the, on georgiastandards.org. It's like teacher notes for eighth grade. So I'm not having to buy anything unless we decide to go to some of the state parks around here. We would pay for parking and then do the activities at those state parks. So I'm basically homeschooling eighth grade for free using the resources that are just on the Georgia Department of Education website. So for anyone out there in a similar book, I highly encourage you to spend some time on your state Department of Education website or whatever site the teachers in your state use, because I did the same thing for math. Um, 
and found out that a lot of the math uh, links that Georgia teachers use, they they kept linking to this one website one website called Math is Fun, and then there was this other website called the National Library of Virtual Manipulatives, which I've put both of those websites in the resources link in my profile, by the way. But y'all, if you spend a little time, <laughs> you can save a lot of money. So just wanted to put that out there to you know basically say, look, it doesn't have to be expensive to homeschool. Uh, I'm living proof of that. And I will continue to try to <laughs> do that all the way through high school. Might have to you know outsource some subjects when we get there. So that could be a little bit more expensive. But for now, we're doing great with not spending a ton. He said in eighth grade, there is civics. They do Virginia history in seventh, sixth and seventh and break it in half. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, this is not the first time we've done Georgia history either. I want to say they did it in third or fourth grade, like the introduction of it. But now we're doing it again in eighth grade, but in a more in-depth view, I suppose. But y'all, dead serious. You do not have to spend a ton of money to homeschool. I'm not going to say it's easy to homeschool by any means. You do have to put effort into it, just like if you were starting a garden or starting a business. But it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to have a classroom set up. You don't have to have color-coded um, school supplies and organizational setups. I'm kind of putting myself on blast because I do have those things, but it's not a requirement to have those things. You can have your child do work on a computer or a tablet and or sit at sit in the living room sit in sit at the kitchen table like it's possible and I, I wouldn't if someone you know if someone out there is considering homeschooling and the cost of homeschooling is a is a stumbling block for you just know that you can homeschool for less probably than what you would pay on in back to school supplies so hopefully that's encouraging <laughs> to someone we spend four and a half hours a day uh, homeschooling. I can show you our schedule. Um, and also, if you've been following me for a bit, you know that we were talking about unschooling. Uh, I put a stop to that yesterday. I can't do it. I can't unschool. <laughs> we have to follow a schedule. Like letting my children lead on that and, and do things at whatever time they want to is not working for my type A brain. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's two hours in the morning. We focus on English language arts and math separately. Um, because I have a first grader, a fifth grader, and an eighth grader. They're just not on the same levels when it comes to those subjects. So um, in the morning, they kind of wake up on their own. They don't have a wake-up time. Uh, they know that they can make their own breakfast, do whatever chores are required for that day. We have a list of chores that we do day to day. And then they can just kind of ease into their morning. You know, it's okay if they want to watch a show or play a game first thing in the morning. I'm cool with that. But then we get started with our schoolwork no later than 10, 10.30. My older two will come in and get their workbooks. We're also doing teaching textbooks on the uh, on the iPad. So while my let's say my oldest, she might start with her math on teaching textbooks. My uh, fifth grader will start with her workbooks that we have for English language arts, vocabulary, and writing while her sister's on the iPad, and then they'll switch. During that time, while they don't need me, because those are subjects that they can do on their own, and then I'll check it later. Like usually I'm checking their work during lunch. That first part of the day, I'm with my son working on his English language arts and math. So that's kind of our flow for the morning. And then at lunchtime, you know, we'll have lunch, we'll chat. 
sometimes we're working on foreign language during that time. Like my old, my middle child just came in and said good morning to me in Spanish. So she, I'm not Spanish, <laughs> sign language, uh, because she's been practicing that. So, um, so yeah, that's our morning routine for the most part until lunchtime. So let me jump in and get some of these comments. I'm just talking too much, I suppose. <laughs> um, can you apply for grants? I maybe in some states. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know about grants. Good morning, y'all. I have. I think I answered this question. My age group of is uh, first grade, fifth grade, and eighth grade. Uh, oops. Said you you homeschooled your son and nephew this year and has only and has only cost less than 150 because they had to buy a printer. Okay, yeah. You're still doing your eight to four thirty, so school will be from five to eight. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Isn't there grant money for supplies? I don't know. I haven't heard of that. I don't pers I, I don't seek that out personally. I just I don't I'm not a fan of money that comes with strings. So I don't know about grants. You said that's your schedule to easy morning and start between 10 and 11. Yeah. You wish you could homeschool, but you work from home and your youngest is clingy. Oh, yeah, I work from home too up until February this year. So I know it, it can be tough. You said grants are state-based and from what you've seen, some don't have much, if any, for whoever asked. Okay. Do you have to qualify to teach? It depends on the state. Uh, some states, you know, want you to have um, at least a high school diploma or a GED. That's what I've seen most often. But in terms of do you have to go to a, a course and certify? No, you don't have to do that. You're on week three of homeschool. Okay, cool. You said, is it credit? I don't, I'm not sure if your question got cut off or I'm not sure what that question was. You don't start till, so, till, yeah, until September. Yeah, a lot of folks don't, a lot of homeschoolers don't jump in in August. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's all in it. Or they'll wait till after Labor Day for sure. Do you have to stick to the school year schedule in Georgia? No. You do not, you do not have to stick to the school year schedule. We do have an hours requirement where you have to do the equivalent of 180 days of instruction with at least four and a half hours of instruction each day. So that's why my schedule oops, is structured that way. <laughs> uh, but we school year round. So meeting the 180 day requirement is not a challenge for us at all. Mm, you said you did homeschool for one year, never again. It was the hardest thing you ever did. Yeah, it's not for everybody. And it's not easy. If, yeah, so no hate. Just, yeah, totally understand. You said you do August to November and then February to June. Oh, that's interesting. So you guys have a nice long break around, you know, the holidays, winter. So you were asking, oh, you, I'm not sure if you meant to direct that at Hot Mess Mama Ashley about, oops, what's your advice for the hard days? 
or if that's directed at me or or everyone but um your question about what is your advice for the hard days it depends on what's making it hard i guess um if it's like your your child is frustrated with what y'all are doing it could mean that it's a you know that's a sign to change up the curriculum or change up the teaching method or the approach if it's just life you know is overwhelming that you got just a lot of things going on it could just mean y'all need to take a break for that day or for that week so um i i would say my advice just kind of it depends on what the cause of the hardship is like some days you're just drained personally or your child is is having a moment or you know needs more emotional connection than academic connection that day so you just take a break and focus on that it just really depends You say, is it credit for homeschool? Is it equal to public school? Yes. Uh, no, thank you. I appreciate it though. I've already had breakfast. Thank you. Yes, the credit is equivalent, especially when it comes to applying uh, to college because I was an admissions counselor. So there's no difference between a homeschool credit and a public school credit, if that's what you're meaning. If I misunderstood your question, then please do correct me. Okay. Y'all school round school year round two. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. You're starting homeschool this year. Well, welcome. Definitely ask any questions you have. You don't plan on taking summer breaks. Yeah, we our our schedule is six weeks on, one week off. So we take several breaks throughout the year, but not one long break. Yes, we definitely have days off. Homeschooling in Texas, cool. You said y'all just free play. <laughs> do you need to get copies of record? Do you need to get copies of records from their public school when taking them out of public school? I would for sure. If you're withdrawing, I would get whatever records of everything that they've had there. I definitely would. You said you would love to homeschool, but you no longer work from home. Mm. You said you also think it's a grieving process for moms that don't ever get a break. I have to make the breaks, I know for me. <laughs> How do you avoid regression with such long breaks? I don't know that that question was directed at me that Dee was asking. Maybe you were directing it to um, to folks who take long breaks as we don't. And, and that it's for that's one of the reasons we don't is to avoid regression. Um, on the other platforms, I'm Cousin Tam. It's the same name on all the other platforms. Um, on the podcast, it's just Homeschool Help Desk Live. Same photo on all of them. So Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. I think that's all I'm on. <laughs> and TikTok, of course. You're on your second year through K-12, but you feel like you can do so much. You can do this much better. I agree. I'm not a fan of K-12 at all. At all. Okay. If I missed your question and you were typing it to me, because I know the QA is gone for some reason, um, maybe throw an emoji in the front of your questions, just so I can make sure I'm not skipping your question that's directed at me specifically. Um, but 
if it's just to the group, because I know there's more homeschoolers in here than just me, then by all means, you can um, just add it to the chat. You plan to open a farm or can't decide whether to homeschool or private school. Any advice? Hmm. Well, um, I would just say test it out. I mean, I think private school, probably their enrollment period is very you know, rigid. So you have to enroll during a certain time frame. But I would say if you, you know, just first of all, research both, check to see if the private school in your area, like what, what their enrollment options are. And you can try homeschooling first. If it's not a good fit or if it doesn't work, then enroll in the private school. Tips for managing homeschooling and working. Um, schedule everything. <laughs> I'm a visual person. So putting um, my schedule on a spreadsheet in, you know, half hour blocks was extremely helpful when I was working so that I could clearly see this is a work block. This is a, this is when I have time to homeschool and, and really being very um, consistent at, at being, being as consistent as you can with your work schedule so that it's not all over the place. But um that's what I would suggest is to just make the schedule visual, put it up so everybody knows when you're working versus when you're homeschooling. And like I said, just try to be as consistent as you can. Can you still get records if they've been out since COVID? I would think so. I would think that the school still has records from two years ago or before. So yeah, I would think that that's still a thing. What ages and grades are you homeschooling? Um, first, fifth, and eighth grade this year. But I've been homeschooling since the beginning. My kids have never been to, to public school. What year should you start directing your attention towards college with homeschool? Eighth grade. Just so that you are making sure that you put things in alignment for ninth through twelfth. Because those are the grades that your college is going to care the most about. So eighth grade, start thinking about it. And ninth grade, um, I would encourage you just to get a hold of your state's high school requirements so that you can more easily follow them. And also go ahead and look at the admissions requirements for the college that, you know, the potential college that your kid would go to so that you understand what they are looking for when it comes to homeschool applicants. Most public um, universities do have a section that talks specifically about homeschool applicants and what is going to be required. Did you have your kids do their schoolwork during work hours or after when you work? Um, after. My oldest, if, if she was inclined to do it while I was working, she could, but they didn't really do schoolwork while I was working. They, we did it after. How many, ooh, how many kids do you have and do you have kids in college? I have three kids, no kids in college. My oldest is eighth grade, 12. What age do you homeschool? Okay, I think, I think that question got answered there. Um, you said you're thinking about homeschooling your dyslexic son starting in middle school. So LJ222, um, two, 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 definitely you're going to want to follow Team Hey Homeschools. She is a homeschooling mom here on this app who is homeschooling her four children who have dyslexia and she herself also has it. So you're definitely going to want to reach out and chat with her about any resources. 
do you feel local sports and dance is sufficient socializing? Um, that's going to depend on your kid, honestly. <laughs> um, I have an introverted child, an extroverted child, and one that's kind of in between. And each of them has their own activities that they do. But I would say just test it out and see if you feel like, if, if your kids feel good about that, they're not like, you know, clawing at the walls to do more, then you're probably good. But, um, you know, if they're doing sports and dance and they're still wanting to get out and play, I would encourage you to find other activities, maybe some free ones, since those are paid activities, find some free activities that they can do and be a part of as well. But it just, it, that answer is going to depend on your kid. To me, that sounds like enough, but I'm an introvert and leaving the house for me to go to the mailbox is socializing. <laughs> so it just depends on your, on your kid. Um, but I would, I would say to me, that sounds like enough. You're starting homeschooling, you're a third grader, and after four hours, she's mentally, four hours? Yes, of course she's done. I'm Listen, <laughs> yes, four hours is plenty for a third grader. Oh my gosh, you could probably do less um, just because that sounds like a lot for a third grader. Yes, go ahead, I said it out. How are you? Okay. okay, no problem. Yeah, I know everybody was asleep when I started. But yeah, three hours for, I mean, excuse me, four hours for a third grader, it definitely sounds like plenty, if not too much. But yeah, I would understand being mentally done after that. You want to, oh, what did that say? You want to homeschool, but you're not good at working a work from home job. Hmm. What can I do? I don't know that. I don't know that the answer, because I guess it depends on what your financial situation is look, looking like. Like if there's a way for you to focus on passive income, that's what I do. Um, I'm mildly obsessed with developing passive income streams where I'm just making money in my sleep. So I don't even know if I can say I'm a working mom because I do make money, but I don't work, if that makes any sense. Like I'm not employed. So that's what I focus on. One second, y'all. Yes. Okay. Alrighty, thank y'all. Okay. Oh, you know what? We didn't do this. Mm -hmm. Let's get Wednesday. Which one says Wednesday? All right, can you put it up for me? On the bottom. Alrighty. Oops, thank you. Appreciate it. What does it mean when the it's on the bottom. It says tomorrow is. Right above, see? Um, tomorrow is. Wednesday. Alrighty. Do you want some French toast? I do not, but thank you for asking. Okay. okay. Um, any advice for teaching ADHD child? Yes. So I do, in my profile, have a Rolodex of other homeschoolers on this app, and in some of their descriptions on that Rolodex, you'll see that some of them are homeschooling 
children with ADHD. Um, so you can definitely reach out and follow some of those uh, homeschool families, but also um, timers, you know, under like, I know ADHD takes different forms, but I've heard people say, you know, setting timers, using time, um, timers helps or, you know, movement, music, it can help. But definitely, I would say just follow some of those creators and reach out and see what is working best for them. And then you might have, they, you know, may have some ideas or tips that can help. Or I don't know if anyone in here also uh, currently is homeschooling a child with ADHD and wants to chime in on that question. Okay, let me go back because I think I missed some things while I was looking down. You filled out the intent to homeschool form. What happens next? Um, Loveless and more, what state are you in? Or did you already say? Oh, I see you typed it again. Oh, you're in Georgia. That's it. <laughs> um, after you've done the intent form in Georgia, there's nothing else that you have to do state-wise or paperwork-wise. Um, if you have a child that's headed to third, sixth, ninth, or 12th grade, you might want to consider what standardized test you're going to do towards the end of the year, but there's nothing else that you would have to do at this point paperwork-wise. Um, you're going to want to consider what method you're going to use to track your attendance. Oh, he's going to kindergarten. Okay, so you don't have a ton to do <laughs> for, all, for a great many years other than that annual letter. Um, you would want to just consider how you're going to track your attendance. So if you're going to use a planner or something to that effect, I personally use spreadsheets for that uh, to keep track of our attendance. And I do sell what I use on, um, our, on my Etsy shop, which is linked in my profile. But then at the kindergarten level, you really just want to focus on, you know, what you're planning to teach what, uh, and you can look up like a scope and sequence for scope and sequence. I always say that super fast scope and sequence for kindergarten, just so you're hitting those benchmarks of what to teach for kindergarten, but how you choose to do that is entirely up to you. Um, but yeah, once you've done the form and you've gotten your method of how you're going to track attendance, that's all you need to do. Oh, you got my book. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank y'all for jumping in and answering the question of, you know, homeschooling with ADHD. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I love that this is collaborative, y'all. So really, really, really appreciate you guys contributing. If you see a question that you can help answer, please do at the person who asked it um, to help answer that. I'm just scrolling back up to see if I miss any other question. I know I was looking down for a little bit. <laughs> You've been thinking about homeschooling your youngest and this is a sign. <laughs> ah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm here every morning. So if you have questions, definitely do ask. Okay, I think I'm caught up on questions. Oh, no, no, here's one. Are there any opportunities for early college with homeschool? Yes, in most states, dual enrollment is a very common thing amongst homeschoolers. Typically, you're going to start that in the 11th grade. Um, some colleges will allow you to start at the 10th grade. It just really depends though on that particular college. That's not the norm. Um, but yes, taking two years of dual enrollment is super common in the homeschool community to get up to an associates before you graduate. So it's, it's not uncommon at all to hear a homeschooler say they've graduated with a high school diploma and an associates degree at the same time because of the dual enrollment that they've taken. And then in some states, um, 
they'll pay for it. Like there's funding to pay for that dual enrollment for your homeschool child. Um, Team Hay Homeschools is how it's like Hay, H-A-Y. Yes, that's her username. And sometimes she pops into the lives too. Okay, I think I'm caught up guys. I'm just gonna go back to the bottom. If I missed you, um, definitely toss in an emoji in the front that helps me find it better. How long is your break during the day? It is an hour and a half during lunchtime. So we'll start with two hours between 10 and 12, but it's very relaxed during that two hours. So sometimes it doesn't take the whole time, but that's what I've allotted. And then there's an hour and a half break for lunch. Then we come back usually around 1.30, 2 o'clock. If, we, if we've done foreign language practice over the lunch break, then we'll start back at 2 and we go from 2 to 4. So that's our main, that's our schedule. Your nephew, oh, your nephew graduated from homeschool and went very well. Okay, excellent, awesome. Would you please point me in the direction to look into passive income options? Oh man, yeah. So <laughs> um, if you've ever read, if you haven't read the four hour work week, that's a good place to start just to get into the mindset of it. Um, there's also The Power of Passive Income. That's another book that you can read that has different ideas of uh, passive income ideas. Definitely YouTube. I mean, YouTube has a ton of people who talk about the things that they do and you can just kind of cherry pick what works, what might work best for you. Um, okay, thank you, Julie, for answering um, some of those questions too. Thank you, Everyday Nesbitt. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you're still here, but I love your content on your page. Makes me proud to be a home homemaker. Like sometimes you don't get, we don't get enough credit for that. So I don't know if you're still in here, but it's so nice to have people not debate it. <laughs> like I'm not gonna get into it today, but. People just don't like when you say you're a homemaker. I'm just like, what is the deal? I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. Um, when should you start getting a curriculum together? Your son is two, but we plan to homeschool him. Uh, Natasha, at two, I wouldn't say that you need any formal curriculum by any means. Like you certainly don't need an all-in-one box curriculum that's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. Um, I would say, and this, a lot of it's going to um, depend on your child's readiness. So I don't want to give you an age and then if he's not ready at that age, you feel like he's behind. You know, I'm, I'm real hesitant about specifics because every kid is different. I have three kids and they all started formal curriculum at different ages. So I would just say, you know, watch for his development. I'm sorry, I'm saying his like, I'm okay, you did say him. Okay, yeah. So watch for your two-year-old's development. You know, there's a homeschooler on this app. I think it's Homeschooling Doc whose five-year-old is doing algebra. So clearly she was ready. I can tell you right now, my five-year-old, my middle child was not ready for algebra. She's still not ready for algebra <laughs> and she's in the fifth grade. So it's gonna depend on 
your child's development of when you should start getting things ready and putting curriculum together. But as you're observing the things that you are introducing, if, if, if he's getting it like real quick, then you're probably going to be ready to start something formal at the age of maybe four or five. If you're introducing things and he's just like, nah, mom, I just want to play. I'm not really feeling the whole sit down and focus on things. Then, you know, he might be ready to start something formal at six or seven. So it's hard to gauge that at two, though. Um, I would just say keep introducing things. Um, if if he's picking things up, like just like it, let's say you have Storybots, you know, which is on YouTube, you know, playing in the background and he's starting to name all the planets along with the songs. And he might be ready for some more challenging material um, by the time he's, you know, two and a half, three. So I know it's like it's it's hard to gauge and give that strict answer. Like your two year old should be ready for a formal curriculum at five. He might not be, though. So and that's OK. Like I said, I've had three kids who were already at different ages. So it just depends. The passive income books. Oh, I said um, the four hour work week and the power of passive income. Those were the two that I mentioned. And then I also said YouTube channels could be helpful. Um, you said Linda, oh, the whiteboard. You're wondering where I got it or were you referring someone to the whiteboard? This one I believe came from Hobby Lobby like 10 years ago. Ideas for reducing distraction, sibling to sibling in a small space, separate separate and stagger their start time if you can. So like have one, usually your oldest, start earlier than your younger one, but separate. <laughs> Don't have them work at the same table. Even in a small space, someone can work in the bedroom, someone can work in the living room, like they don't have to be in the same environment. Or if you do want them to be in the same environment, then again, stagger their start times where one gets started 15 or 20 minutes before the other, so they're already focused on the activity. And then you could bring the other one in or like flip, flip flop them, let one work for 20 minutes. And then the other, you know, then that one gets to take a break. Then the other one gets to come in and work for 20 minutes while the other is taking a break. I don't, my kids don't work together. I feel like we, we're kind of like the opposite of most um, homeschoolers. Like we don't do schoolwork together until maybe the afternoon. And it depends on the subject, <laughs> but we're not spending a ton of time together. Um, especially not in the same room. Like one might be in the classroom, one might be in the library, one might be in the living room. Like we're not all in the same room all at the same time. And then I'm circulating and I'll say, do you need me help? Do you need me help? Do you need me help? But they're separated. I, I don't think they've been in the same room working on a subject probably since my oldest was in elementary school. You said you start with the most eager to learn kids so that the others have time to mentally prepare. That makes sense, too. If you have one child that's like, I got this. I, let me just go ahead and get started. Go for that. <laughs> let that one start first. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't force all of them to have the same start time all in the same space. Oh, you said thank you for saying that. It's been a battle. Besides, they want to just talk to each other. <laughs> I got it. I got it. You're talking about having them in the same environment, but separate spaces, right? No, no. Like my kids will be in separate rooms <laughs> doing their schoolwork. Like yesterday, my oldest was doing her schoolwork in our prayer room. We have like a little closet under the stairs, which I converted into a prayer room. She was doing her schoolwork in there. 
my son was doing his schoolwork in his room and my um, middle child was doing it, doing her schoolwork in the living room. And we have a library, like this is our classroom and we have a library across the hall. So like in our house, I guess where I'm sitting would be considered like the office and that was supposed to be the dining room. I don't, we don't have a dining room. I just, I prefer books. But yeah, they're rarely doing the same thing in the same room, unless it's something like for this year, both of my girls for science have to do a part where it's like the relationship between magnetism and electricity. So for that, we might watch the same documentary, but most of their stuff doesn't overlap or some of their stuff doesn't overlap. So we don't tend to be together. You said the HSLDA does not correctly report laws for Alabama. Alabama's 100% autonomous zero reporting. Is it? I didn't know that. Last time I looked at the Department of Education for Alabama, I think they said they still wanted to see that notice, but maybe they've changed it. This is why I'm always referring people directly to the site because stuff changes. And some of these blogs and websites, they try to keep up, but you know, go to the Department of Education's website directly and speak to someone in your state who's been doing it so that uh, so that you're getting the most up-to-date information. So, yeah, thank you for dropping that in there. I didn't know that about uh, Alabama. But that's good that they're, I guess, shifting more to being like Texas and Illinois. So cool, cool. Yeah, always check your state's Department of Education. Number Blocks is on Netflix. Yeah, I, I've seen Number Blocks. I do like Number Blocks. Can you share more about testing in Georgia? What curriculum is covered? So for the testing that we've done, it primarily focuses on English language arts and math as most standardized tests do. There's not much science and history on it. Um, when it comes to testing, you can choose which testing you want to go with. A lot of people like the California Achievement Test. Uh, we have used the PASS test by Hewitt Learning in the, in, in the past for our kids. Um, but yeah, mainly the subjects covered are English language arts and math. And it's very simple. You just sign up for the test that you want your kid to take. You can either have it mailed to you if you're doing a paper test or some like the California Achievement Test you can do online. And um, you're just retaining those records. Once your child's scores have been mailed back to you, you just keep those records on file. Do you have your youngest do independent work? If so, what do you have him do? Yes, I highly encourage you to um, allow your kids to work independently as early as, as they can. Um, so my son has apps like Duo ABC um, that he works on independently. Also, we have a membership through education.com. Um, so there's games that he can play independently on there that cover reading and writing and math. There's also typing games on education.com that he can do independently, but you would have to have him at like a, a laptop or a desktop to work on the typing. So basically computer games he can do independently. When I'm working with him in a workbook, I'm right there beside him to make sure that he's understanding the directions and, and that... Um, you know, he's clear on what he's supposed to do in terms of like the white clean workbooks or if I printed a worksheet, that's not independent. But when it comes to the apps, 
he's he's primarily independent and that's perfect for when i need to be with my older kids for something i can say to him okay i'd like you to do you know two or three lessons on duo a uh, duo abc while i'm working with you know my older two so yeah he's not he's not independent yet in the workbooks and that's just because i he is but he isn't like i i start him off just to make sure that he understands what he's supposed to do on that page and then i'll walk away for like probably less than five minutes and come back and check on him. But yeah, no, he's definitely much more independent on the on the apps and the computer games as opposed to the workbooks. The workbooks still require a bit of encouragement. <laughs> so if I leave him too long on on a workbook, I come back and he's playing with cars on the workbook. Like he's he's not quite ready to um, to be fully uh, fully um, independent in the workbooks. Good morning, Kay. Your daughter also watched memory song videos on YouTube when you did kindergarten. Oh yeah, that's another thing, like having him watch a YouTube channel or a, a educational show. He'll be independent during that activity. So yeah. Thank y'all for sharing um, as well and, and answering questions too. I think I'm caught up, but if I'm not, and if I missed you and you were talking specifically to me, um, just type an emoji in front of, of your question. That way I can just see it that much easier. And then also while anyone's typing, I'll go ahead and just repeat. If you've missed any part of this live, it is being recorded for the podcast that I have. It's um, The podcast is called Homeschool Help Desk Live. You can definitely go and subscribe and listen to it later. Um, I also do record it for YouTube on my YouTube page, which is just Cousin Tam, same name, same photo. And you can go back and rewatch any of the lives if you would like to, if you, you know, I understand people come in and out. Um, so if you ever wanted to go back and listen to any part of it to see what other questions were asked that might pertain to you or might help you, you can definitely do that to just check out what's going on. I do these lives Monday through Thursday from 830 to 10 Eastern. Um, yeah, just unfortunately right now, I'm not really able to consistently go live at other times. The, my mornings are my most calm time. And then I never know <laughs> what's going to be thrown at me throughout the rest of the day. So it's it's hard to commit to going live later in the day. And also, also sometimes I'm just done. <laughs> I don't know about any of you guys, but sometimes at the end of the day, I'm it's a wrap. I'm just, I'm tired. I want to just kick my feet up and relax and read. So I couldn't commit to like four o'clock every day. Cause some of those days I'd be like, all right, y'all, I'm too tired. Or like yesterday, my son had a, maybe tantrum's not the right word, but he was definitely in a mood <laughs> in the afternoon. And so mornings are definitely better for me. So hopefully that uh, helps and explains anything. And like I said, if you ever do want to go back and catch it, you definitely can. But I am curious. Um, I'm just going to put a general question out there. If any of you guys have any freebies or stories of, you know, finding good freebies for your homeschool that you want to share. I know for me, we're really focusing more on um, different languages when it comes to computer science and coding, because a lot of the things that I've been seeing really focus around Scratch as the um, main platform for computer science and coding, which is fun. 
but um, I'm definitely interested in having my oldest learn more of the actual computational language. So we picked up this book from the library. It's going to be introducing Python. That's another Phoebe, but this is a straight up workbook, y'all. Like it has at the end of each chapter review questions. So this is not just like a boring old read through book. This actually has like multiple choice review questions that um, that she can practice. Uh, so that's another thing that I wanted to make sure that I said. That's why I sat this here. Um, when you're looking for for resources, you can sometimes find straight up math workbooks at your library. Now, of course, you'd be encouraged not to write in them uh, just so that other patrons can utilize it later. But you could have, you know, uh, a spiral notebook that your kid writes the answers in next to the page. So or they can use their own scratch paper to work through the math workbook. So check with your library to see if y'all have workbooks for the subjects that you're interested in. Um, another thing that I've talked about before are little passports. This is for my son and uh, he just got this one yesterday. So it has, he's, we're doing the United States uh, for this, for his package. Um, this was gifted by my parents to him. And it's just another way that you can save money, you know, to get those grandparents involved. <laughs> or, you know, if your grandparents feel like, oh, I'm not sure if he's learning enough or whatever, you can say, well, you could have him subscribe. <laughs> so that he's learning the states and you know it's he, he loves going to the mailbox and finding out that he's got some mail with his name on it and it teaches you things that you you know about the state that you might not have known about you know beyond just the normal uh activities or excuse me the normal facts and then each of them has like an activity and usually there's also a recipe uh for each state let's see this one's about washington I don't see a recipe for Washington, but we do have, oh no, there it is. We get to make blueberry jam for Washington. <laughs> so I encourage that too. And that's just another way that it's not money out of my pocket. It keeps the family involved and it's a subject, you know, US geography to, um, to just make his, um, his curriculum a little bit more robust. He was having a big feelings day. <laughs> um, what are the sites you use for coding? So we use the Scratch site through MIT quite a bit. Um, we've also used uh, just coding.com. It has a lot of different activities on there. And I've listed some of the some of those coding websites in my profile as well under the resources list. Um, let's see. Typing.com has a little bit of coding practice on there. Um, I wouldn't consider that a full-blown coding site, but it is on there um, just to introduce the, the concept of coding as you're learning how to type. And then um, we'll be using whatever this site, whatever site is recommended from this book. Let's see if it says what site is going to be used. I guess it's going to be using Python Shell. It looks like something we have to download. We haven't started this one yet, so I have to let you guys know about that one. Mm, yeah, we just got this book yesterday. So I'm not really sure what site it's going to have us go to, but whatever site is in this book is what we'll also be using. You said you're preparing your three-year-old daughter. Oh, cool. I'm glad you guys are excited. <laughs> 
Y'all, homeschool can be very, very fun. Um, but you just want to make sure that you're not overdoing it at the young age. There it is. That's the name of the book. I got this from the library. So I have it. This, this was free to us. And as long as nobody puts it on hold, we can just keep renewing it and keep rechecking it out until she's done with it. And I don't know if you saw when I held it up before, but in this, this is a actual workbook. So it actually has, you know, the review questions in it. So another way that you can get resources for free. Oh, I don't have it in here. I also picked up a sign language uh, dictionary from that same company that was recommended in the previous live that I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> then is it like Galette? I don't know how to pronounce it, but we got, I got Galadette, I think is how it's pronounced. If that's not how it's said, then I apologize. But um, we, I also picked up from the library um, that dictionary that's made by that company for kids that was also at my library. And then also I picked up some science books for my fifth grader because she has topics like weather and erosion, um, magnetism and electricity this year. So I picked up some books to go with that as well. So definitely you can find the topics that are meant to be covered for that grade and then, you know, go to the library and utilize all those benefits. And if, and if you're in the library system like ours, if your local library doesn't have it, you can request to have it sent to your local library so you can pick it up later. Have you read the book, Mama, Why Am I Homeschooled? I haven't. Honestly, y'all, I haven't read too many homeschool books. Um, simply because I, I just felt like the few that I did read, it just didn't feel like it resonated with me. You know, people, you know, the books were more like, some of them were kind of more skewed towards like the religious reasons for homeschooling or, um, like people feeling called to homeschooling. I'll tell you guys, I didn't feel called to homeschooling. I just felt like it was the best option to give us the experience that, that we wanted in our, in our life. So I didn't fall into homeschooling, but I also wasn't called to it. I don't know, somewhere in between. What science curriculum are you using? So do you, um, we're using, I'm using the standards from georgiastandards.org as a guide. And we're going to basically utilize the freebies and the resources that we have to fill in and meet those standards. Um, I've been spending a lot of time on Georgia standards that are just reading through what's required. And we do have some um, elements of science experiments left over. So we have a lot of magnets and stuff already. Uh, we'll probably also be using, give me a second, let me go grab this book. We'll probably also use this book a bit more for fifth grade for different experiments that have to do with uh, weather, erosion, and electricity. Because they in here it has a whole section on weather experiments. So we'll probably, oops, I just hit my microphone. That's going to sound great on the podcast. Sorry about that. Um, you know, here's one, you know, make your own lightning, make your own thunder. And it tells you like, what materials you need. So I'll know in advance, like when I'm putting our grocery list together for pickup, if I need to get different materials. This book came from Aldi. 
maybe four years ago. The publisher is called Hinkler and their website is hinkler.com. Um, but it's 365 science experiments broken down into subjects that are astronomy, biology, chemistry, geology, geography, physics, and weather. So we'll be using this quite a bit, I think, this year. So I don't, I wouldn't consider that the curriculum, but we'll definitely be utilizing it and along with some other documentaries that talk about, you know, probably some weather, erosion, climate change, that sort of stuff. We'll probably talk, you know, watch documentaries about it and have discussions about it. We'll definitely pick up books from the library and read about it. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're, there's not a, a brand that we'll be using. Can you quickly expand on overdoing it? Yeah, just pushing your kid too hard. And what, you know, if you're, if there's tears, <laughs> you're, you're definitely overdoing it. Um, I definitely pushed my kids to the point of tears. Also, just if at the end of the day, it's, you're just burned out, you're just like, oh, you know, you feel like all the energy and air was sucked out of the room. Nobody's excited to homeschool. There's nothing that your, your kid's not looking forward to learning. You might be overdoing it. Um, that's what I mean when I say that. It shouldn't be something that stresses everybody in the family out. That's what I would say. You're in New Mexico. You're strug you struggle finding a breakdown of what you should be covering. Where can you look? This IXL website um, could, could potentially be very helpful for you. This IXL.com forward slash standards. I would start there if, uh, if New Mexico doesn't break it down for you on their site. How much time should you teach in kindergarten and how do you split that up between subjects? So I would say probably an hour a day focused acti activity is plenty with like 20 minute, sub 20 minute segments each, 20 minutes for reading, 20 minutes for math and 20 minutes for just something fun and practical, like maybe some kind of life skill or focusing on, you could change up that last 20 minutes to be where, you know, one day it's 20 minutes on health and nutrition. 20 minutes on science, 20 minutes on um, history and citizenship or something. Um, because I, I really just think at that young of an age, the attention span just isn't there for, you know, three, four hours of solid schoolwork. Um, that's what I would start with. And then if your child is asking for more or wants to do more, then by all means, give them more. But I would start off with the 20 minutes and then just like I said, break it down. <laughs> break it apart throughout the day. So have 20 minutes of focus time, 20 minutes of flex or free time. And then you can, you know, kind of go back and forth gauging how you, um, how your child responds to those 20 minute intervals. Again, they may want more. You might need to back off and start with just a little bit less. It's going to depend a lot on, on your kid and also what activity you're doing. If you're doing a science experiment and it takes longer than 20 minutes, that's okay. Um, but I would let 20 minutes be the target as you're getting started and and then go up or down based on your, your kid's response from there. You love Aldi. You found some educational items this weekend. Yeah, Aldi's good, y'all. They have some, some gems in there. And it's usually not stuff that you've seen online. Like, I never saw this book online. But walking up and down the aisles at Aldi, there it was. And I was like, oh, shoot, yes. <laughs> you know, you're thumbing through. And you're like, this is brilliant. I could definitely use this. Um, actually, let me see if it's available now.
because like I said, it's been some years since I purchased this one. Oh, there it is on Thrift Books for $4.79. So somebody's got it. They also have other versions, like other publishers, I guess, have done something similar. So you can definitely find other types of books like this. Um, but the one with this exact cover, I just saw it on Thrift Books. So that could be a good place to start if you're looking for that exact book. Okay, yeah, then take a break. Mm -hmm. Do you finish every book? No, I don't. Well, my older kids do, but that's because Argo Prep is, is broken down and it only has 20 weeks in there to start with. So yes, we did finish Argo Prep and we did finish the... Um, the writing book because again it was broken down by day uh before i switched to those books though we were not finishing our typical workbooks like brain quest books have almost never been finished <laughs> and let's see what else is up there on the shelf there was this critical thinking book that we did not finish let's see what else is up there yeah, those are the main ones that I know we didn't finish. But the ones that are broken down by um, like days, we actually did finish those because I, I think when it breaks it down for you, it's easier to follow. So that days that are broken down for 180 days or what have you, we did finish those. Can you hold up the book again? Hopefully that's coming through. And like I said, I just saw this on Thrift Books just now doing a Google search for it. Mystery Science has some cool things. Oh, but it's free up until a point. Okay. Yeah, uh, Becca is rigorous. Six hours for kindergarten? Wait a minute, what? Is that six hours for kindergarten? Oh man, oh, you said, yeah, it is, wow. Yeah, that's intense. You're investing in a time timer, hopefully will help them stay focused on unmotivated days. Yeah, I definitely recommend a timer, you guys, even if you're just using your microwave timer <laughs> or if you have an Alexa and you use Alexa as the timer, like definitely. Uh, Big Mom, that book on thrift book was this, this one. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Saxon has 120 lessons and you're wondering if you should just move on after 107. I mean, if they're just getting it and it seems like at this point it's busy work or it's just, it's, it's a drag, then maybe. I don't know. It's so hard to say like for sure, like definitely move on. Just depends on where y'all are at. I would say if, if you don't feel like they're still getting something good out of it, then yeah, go ahead, move on. Good morning. Good morning, Williams Academy. Good to see you. You said you'd be done by the end of the day and have no time for the other three kids. Oh, man. <laughs> Six hour days, you do a lot of fun stuff. Okay, well, good. As long as there's some fun in there. 
Okay. I'm listening to my kids. I'm like, that's a lot of noise for people who are supposed to be making French toast. <laughs> All right. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now, back to the show. And thank you all so much for the likes, too. I just looked up and saw the likes count. Definitely appreciate that. And I know some of you guys have followed me. Thank you for the likes and the follows. Yeah, <laughs> you said make you some French toast, right? I made um, myself, me and my husband, uh, I made him some homestyle potatoes before he left, so I'm good. But yeah, they're in there making French toast. Do you have to report for testing with a proxy? So not in Georgia. We do not have to do that in Georgia. But you may, depending on what state that you're in, Charmaine. So I don't know if you want to drop, if you feel comfortable, if you want to drop what state you're in. Uh, we can check and see. But for Georgia, that is not a requirement. North Carolina, okay. Yeah, I definitely, I had to teach my kids to cook, you guys, because that was one of the things that was just draining me, cooking or preparing, you know, nearly 30 meals a week, including snacks. I was like, no, y'all got to learn how to do something. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you, Big Mom. I was going to say, um, I don't know if you were still in here. So Big Mom, you're in North Carolina. You've been homeschooling your 13-year-old from the beginning, right? So yeah, she's definitely got extensive knowledge on that, Charmaine. Um, Big, Mom, Big Mom Knowledge 48. You guys uh, maybe link up and have a chat about North Carolina because I know you, you've you been living it. I don't want to just look up and Google stuff for you. Like I try to make sure that you guys have a connection or someone who's like in there. I would love to um, have every state represented <laughs> eventually, but um, right now I definitely don't. But I know, yeah, I'm glad you were here today to be able to answer that. Good morning, Hey, fellow Georgian, what's up, Texas? <laughs> okay, y'all, oh, Williams County, y'all said y'all use Singapore Dimensions math, and it's fun. Yeah, I know Singapore math is super popular, um, and a lot of people really have very good things to say about that. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Williams Academy, are your kids young, like kindergarten through second grade? What age range is that level of math that you were just talking about? Hey, Danny, you said you're in Oklahoma. Okay, do I, I don't think anyone on the list is from Oklahoma. I need to pull it up and look. Oh, wait, you know what? I think there is one person on here from Oklahoma. Oh, yes, kindergarten and first. Okay, yes, I think I recall that from one of the videos that I watched of yours. Oh, no, that's not Oklahoma. Maybe one day, that's Oregon. I knew there was an O on this list. <laughs> okay, you said you turned in your ed plan and they signed and stamped it yesterday. 
not a lot of homeschooling in your area? Really? How interesting. And she's in second grade. Okay, cool. So Oklahoma second grade. C. Miller. Oh, you're also in Oklahoma. Okay, cool. Your eldest has expressed interest in learning Spanish. You can't homeschool her because of her dad. So your curriculum buffering. Ah, you can always supplement, you know, and I know that that's hard when you have one parent that's fully on board and another who's not. Um, I'll be honest, y'all, my husband wasn't gung-ho for the idea at the beginning either. Um, no one in my family was. So if you're new to me, just know like this wasn't, um, my, my experience wasn't having support immediately from the beginning. Um, However, I think one thing that I had going for me is that all of my decisions, my family hasn't supported. So homeschooling was nothing new <laughs> until they see it working. And then it's like, oh, we knew you could do it. We knew we are so proud of you. And then I'm like, thanks. Four years later. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. You're... Oh, you started homeschool yesterday. Went well, but she thought she was going to real school. Oh, no, her heart was broken. I would say definitely, Catrice, spend some time chatting about what homeschool is and isn't. Um, you know, she definitely might have a bit of FOMO where she thinks she's missing out on something. So I would just definitely take the time to explain to her, you know, the differences and, and what, and the benefits to explain like what she gets to do that maybe her real school or public school friends may not get to do. Um, cause it could, it could just be, like I said, just a bit of FOMO, a little bit of fear of missing out happening right now. I've definitely been through that too. having trouble because yours has mis mixed receptive disorder so they don't teach her correctly oh no so there's not a support in place at this point danny okay let me go back up one second hazel eyes i think your question either got cut in half or they've sent me the second half of your question first they said or is it necessary to have a full curriculum at this age that's the only part that i'm seeing Um, I don't know what age we're talking about because I think your question got cut in half. And I've, the last comment that I saw from you, Hazel Eyes, was hello from Georgia. And then the next comment from you says, or is it necessary to have a full curriculum at this age? So if you wouldn't mind retyping the beginning part of your question, because I think it got cut off. Okay. And I think, yeah, Tamara Williams also said, wait, did you see the part of, part of her question? Oh, it says what age you have. Yeah, I think we didn't, I don't think we saw the first part of your question. Out school has financial assistance for those who need it. Oh, good. Good to know. Thank you for putting that in here. Oh, Williams Academy, your family didn't support you either. <laughs> you said, uh-huh. Okay, not your kids. Right? Sometimes it's just how you have to be. What's a good age to start homeschooling? Your son isn't even one yet, but you want to homeschool him. Um, you already are. You already are homeschooling. As you're teaching him how to walk, talk, use the bathroom, like, you know, potty training, all that, you're already teaching. And I would say you can start as early as you feel that he can handle the information. Like, you can always introduce things, shapes, colors, numbers, even little stuff like this. Ooh, let me grab it. 
This is learning for a one-year-old, you know, colors and patterns and sequencing. A little board like this to, you know, as he gets a little older where he can match up the letters. It's a little messy right now, but, you know, match the letters. That's learning. That's homeschooling for a one-year-old. So um, it's, I would say it depends on his readiness, but you can certainly go ahead and start introducing things. Now you won't have paperwork and things to submit for, you know, many years, but, um, and depending on your state, you may not have anything to submit, but stuff like this for a one-year-old, like even these little blocks here, or, you know, teaching them how to connect and solve the puzzle. Cause you know, if you put it in, sorry, if you put it in like this, you know, it's not, it's not quite sitting right. And that's something that your one-year-old would need to problem solve and, and, you know, doing that little sequence that was something i had when my babies were babies <laughs> and i just kept it because i think it's cute <laughs> so yeah you could start now technically but again something formal wouldn't necessarily come into play for a few more years um oh cool you did your letter of intent awesome <laughs> You said you'll be back on your break if you'll stay here. I'm trying to be consistent with 10 o'clock now. That's my goal. So I'll try not to have too many days where I go over. Danny said you might just homeschool her yourself. I mean, you already know what her needs are. So you, you know, as her mother are already equipped to meet those needs, especially if you can, you're recognizing that she's not getting what she needs. So it definitely could be the best option that you homeschool her yourself. Oh, okay, you have public school neighbors that and friends that can share their school day. That's so true. Yeah, my kids do too. They have friends that go to the schools that they would be going to. Uh, well, actually, no, they just moved. But they had friends that were going to the same exact school that they'd be going to. So there was they were they were still able to get the inside scoop, you know, <laughs> of what was going on. Um, so they definitely felt a lot less like they were missing out, especially when we would take field trips during the day and their friends were in school or being out of school on their birthdays, being able to take that break and, you know, just pointing out like, you know, if you, if you went to public school, you'd be in school today <laughs> on your birthday or something to that effect. I mean, technically you could take them out of school on their birthday, but it'd have to be like an excused absence or something. You said you pulled your kid off from public school after second grade and now she's in ninth. So glad you did. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love hearing the success stories. Baby Smith, you said, what about for a two-year-old who won't actually speak words? What are things that help that? Um, you know, Julie was recommending Speech Sisters, which is um, on YouTube. It's a channel on YouTube kind of targeted towards the younger age, age range. Um, at two, I feel like two is still quite early because not all two-year-olds talk. Um, I would definitely say when you go to your well visits, for sure, bring that up to the doctor just so if there's something going on that you're in communication with, you know, your child's doctor about that. Um, it just, I think it depends though. Cause again, not all two-year-olds speak. So it could just be like, they're just not ready to speak yet. Um, I think it just depends. You said you did your letter of intent. When do you submit your diploma for Georgia? Um, what? You don't have to submit your diploma. 
Are you talking about your diploma, like to submit your diploma to show that you are qualified or that you meet that requirement? Is that what you're asking? Let me know if I've got that wrong. Because you don't have to show your diploma to the state of Georgia. But if I have that wrong, let me know. Your son started talking at three. Yeah, that's how, that's kind of where I was going with that. Like not every kid talks at two. So I'm hesitant to say that there's a delay when I know just not every kid talks at two. Your son also started talking at 3K. Okay. He does have a tongue tie, but he talks a lot about everything now at seven. Okay. Yeah, that, that's another reason I'm also like, you know, hesitant to say there's a delay, but always keep, you know, in touch and make those concerns known to your doctor. Your six-year-old didn't really speak until four and now speaking and speaking clearly until five. Gotcha. Yeah, every kid is different, y'all. Oh, that's right, Miss Rachel. That's right. I always forget to say Miss Rachel on YouTube is good for speech. Okay. Okay. Yeah, where uh let me go back up because the name the username Krishana Brown. I want to make sure I'm answering your question about Georgia. I don't know if you're still in here, but if you're talking about submitting your diploma to the Department of Education for Georgia to show that you've met that requirement, you do not have to do that. You just have to have a high school diploma. Um, and if ever your records were requested, um, then you would need to show that you've met all those standards, but you, you don't have to submit it preemptively. You're trying to send your question again. You said you have a five-year-old daughter about to start the good and the beautiful math and language arts ideas for science, or is it necessary? Okay, thank you. Okay, so um, in my opinion, kindergarten is not necessary to have a curriculum for science specifically, but you can still introduce things that would, would fall under science. Like you don't have to go out and order something for science is what I'm trying to say. Um, you can look up different activities for science for the kindergarten level. I would encourage you, Hazel Eyes, to check out flockschool.com, which is a free website that has a lot of different homeschool um, lesson plans already pre-done. And you can just type in kindergarten, select kindergarten and science as your subjects when you're searching, and it'll filter through some results that you could incorporate alongside the good and the beautiful, but that's free. Flock school is free. Um, I honestly don't have a pay, uh, a curriculum that you could pay for because <laughs> I try not to pay for things as much as possible. I try to find the free resources out there, but if you wanted to check my resources list just to see what else is on there, if you want to, you definitely can. But I would say if you're doing the good and the beautiful at kindergarten, um, that's going to cover the main things like, reading and math and language arts. And then with history and science, you can kind of sprinkle those in as needed. Go to the library and just buy a book about, I don't know, what, what do kindergartners learn? Weather, buy a book about weather. weather. Do a, a quick science experiment with the water cycle where you hang up some a Ziploc bag with blue food coloring in the bottom and you watch the evaporation water cycle process. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily need a full-blown curriculum. But if you're just looking for ideas, I would just say check out flockschool.com. Flock like a flock of birds. 
blockschool.com to get ideas of things that you could incorporate. Um, let's see, which state are you homeschooling from? Georgia is where I am. Yeah, some of the other subjects can just be introduced, especially at that young of an age, like kindergarten through second grade, a lot of the science, the social studies, the art, music, um, those things can just be introduced in having a diverse reading program. So it's still reading that you're focusing on, but you can introduce a bunch of different topics through the reading materials that you choose. When you go to the library, you can get some fiction, some nonfiction, um, and just, you know, like I said, di diversify your reading material. But again, with reading being the focus, they're, they're just casually learning the other things. Or um, if you have them watch different educational shows like Sid the Science Kid, you're, you're gonna have some sprinkle of science mixed in with that, Magic School Bus. Um, having them watch Crash Course on YouTube, if they, you know, if they like that, that may be for a little bit older kids. Um, but it doesn't have to be something formal where you pay for a kit and it all comes in one. Um, I'm personally just not a fan of that. Even doing art, um, you can just have them draw their favorite character from their show or find a YouTube video that teaches them how to draw their favorite character from their show. I know I've done that several times when my kids were going through a Pokemon and Digimon phase. I was like, let's draw that. <laughs> and that was their art. So it doesn't require a formal curriculum for to me for those subjects. Do you have any recommendations for second grade principles like writing? Yes, there are some um, pages or excuse me, websites on uh, the resources list in my profile that talk about places to get free printables. Uh, I know that you can get free printables from Teachers Pay Teachers. You can get free printables from education.com up to a certain amount per month. I forget how much that is. Um, but then also just doing a, a quick internet search for, you know, um, free printables for second grade math. And that'll bring up different websites too. So just if you get specific like that in the search with what topic you're looking for. Also, there can be free, there's free printables on flockschool.com as well. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different sites where you can get uh, free printables for different subjects for that age group. What do you think about science experiment for younger kids two and four? Kind of the same, like I would say, you know, look at flock school because they do have preschool science lessons on there. And you can just kind of read through and see, you know, what's going to work well or go well with you and your family of what you would want to try and experiment with. Um, I would say just give that website a, a look and see what stands out to you there. But for two and four, remember, the attention span is, is short. <laughs> so, you know, don't stress yourself out trying to make a gumball Eiffel Tower, <laughs> you know, just to explain engineering to two and four year olds like it just you'll be doing all the work and they just, the interest won't be there. So yeah, you don't have to try to do all the things. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I know that was me. I'm, I'm laughing at me. Flock, flock, like flock of birds, flock school. But yeah, I agree. Focusing on just reading and writing and math at that age is, is, is good. And then you can sprinkle in the rest. Oh, she also loves Wildcats on PBS. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I would just say you're good piecing things together for now. I don't think that you have to feel like you've got to follow a full-blown thing where you're doing science every single day. I don't think you need to do that. How do you not give up homeschooling because it's very hard? Oh, man, it is hard. Um, I remember my why, like why we started. Um, that really helps. I remember for a long time when there wasn't this kind of community, I have this sign up. Uh, these Actually, these two signs here on my bookshelf. One says courage written in the um, periodic table of element style. And then the other says Monticello. That was my word that I would just kind of repeat over and over to myself. I'll just show you all the sign. This is what it looks like. I got it from the dollar store one year for $3.50. <laughs> and I just had to tell myself, you know, keep have the courage to continue. Courage was a big thing for me because again, I was, I had a lot of naysayers who were telling me to not do what I was doing. So having the courage to continue, even when people weren't supporting me, um, even when they didn't think it was a good idea. And then Monticello was my word because um, my parents were in the military. I grew up in different states and I remember visiting Monticello. And one of the things that really stood out to me when we started homeschooling was like, if I put them in school, my children won't get to visit Monticello or any of the other places that I saw when I was a kid, like the Alamo and Colonial Williamsburg and, and all those other places. If I put them in school, their school is not going to take them on those field trips. So having those words be there when I was really feeling like this is for the birds, <laughs> it just helped me, you know, reminded me like, you got this, just take it one day at a time. Um, and just remember why you started. Like, there's a reason why you've chosen to homeschool and there's a reason why you want to continue. And on those days where your kids just make you want to throw in the towel and throw them on a bus, <laughs> it helps to have those things out and just be like, nope, we're going to get to Monticello. We're going to get there or we're going to get to, you know, whatever that place is for you. And, and we've done we haven't done Monticello, but my kids, you know, they have gone to see the Alamo. There's other places that I want to take them when when they're a little bit better at road trips. Right now, my son has just got an ant bladder. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's what helps me. Um, can you switch to homeschool after kids start at regular school? Yes, yes you can. You can withdraw your kids at a later date if you want to. Okay. Okay, thank you, Tamara. You're throwing in those um, suggestions as well. Appreciate that. Does anyone know the difference between social studies and other subjects? Is it local history? Social studies is, is I think it's an umbrella term that most states use for history, geography, and like just basic sociology, like getting along with other people and have, you know, that sort of thing. Like when you're learning about being a good citizen and being a good neighbor and just all that type of stuff. It just all falls under the umbrella of social studies. So like a, yeah, a blend of those three subjects, I would say. Yes, I also dislike when people project their fear onto others. Like just because you can't or don't want to doesn't mean I can't. But that's when you have to distance yourself from that noise and make sure that you have things that motivate you to keep going when you feel like you're at your breaking point. And also it could just be a good time to take a break too. Like if you're at that point, it might be a good time to take a week off and just breathe.
Uh, oh, anyone have any secular curriculum suggestions? Yeah, um, in my profile, the, uh, the resources list has a bunch of resources on there. If it's religious or faith-based, I do say so in the description. And if it's not, then it is a secular resource. If it, if it doesn't have faith-based or Christian in the description, it's a secular resource. Oh, you said I needed to hear you today. Oh, thank you for being here. Your, your husband's entire family is against, and he always has something to say. He finally put it, and they always have something to say. He finally put us out to it. Oh, good. Well, good on your husband. Yeah, my husband's family was also not supportive. Neither was mine at first, but again, they didn't support a lot of the things that I did that turned out to be the best things ever. So I'm kind of used to it at this point. Just don't tell them what I'm doing. I just move in silence and then they'll say, what are you doing? I have a podcast. Like I didn't announce it to them when I started. I just did it. And if they find out, it's like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Actually, I think probably a lot of my family doesn't know about it. Like when I wrote this book, I didn't announce it. I didn't tell them I was planning to, I didn't tell them I was working on it. I just did it. Have they bought it? I don't know, <laughs> but you know, it just is what it is. Your youngest keeps saying she has to use the bathroom instead of doing her schoolwork. What can you do? Yeah, that's my middle child. I'm like, man, your your bladder is like perfectly timed with uh, with our schoolwork. So I would just encourage her to go before number one, and then just you know ask her what's up. Like I've noticed that every time you it's time for school, you need to use the restroom. You know what's going on? Are you you're not enjoying the lesson? Should we look into something different? I would just have the conversation and just you know let her know you've noticed. And for me, when I did that, when I called it out and was like specific about it and just asked her what it was, she was just like, yeah, it's boring. I just don't want to do it. So we had to, I had to figure out something else. And with my middle child, game schooling, introducing more games, more opportunities for her to do assignments on the computer ended up being the solution because she just does not care for workbooks. Like they're dry and boring. It doesn't matter who the brand is. She's just not loving it. She'll do it, but she's also like, like with her English language arts workbooks, those are the first things she does because she just doesn't like it. She wants to get it over with so she can get onto her um, things that are on the computer. So that could be what's going on with, with your daughter. I just know, like, I definitely remember the, fre the frequent bathroom breaks. I was like, we are this close to taking you to the doctor. <laughs> what is going on? So um, it just it just all kind of depends on what what's the reason behind it. You homeschooled your son for six months and then gave up. You're thinking of starting again because of me. Oh, <laughs> I do have a YouTube channel. Yeah, it's just Cousin Tam. Yeah, hopefully, you know, if you see something on there, that's helpful. But yeah, it's hard. I'm not the type of person to tell you if I can do it, you can do it. Homeschool is hard. <laughs> and there's a lot of days that you're going to have that are just like, oh, why did I do this to myself? But it, like, it's it's very similar to starting a business, you know. And I use that example a lot. Like when you first start a business and the money isn't coming in consistently and you're seeing everybody else getting their consistent paychecks every two weeks and you're just like, why did I do this to myself with this entrepreneur thing? Like this is hard. Everything is on me. Everything falls on me. But I would say more often than not, when, it, when you do have days like that, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to just look back and say, maybe it's what am I using? Is the curriculum not fun? If it's not resonating, 
Um, what's my teaching style? Maybe, maybe your teaching style isn't resonating with your kid's learning style and you've got to make some adjustments so that they're still learning, but they're learning according to their learning style, not your teaching style. That, that was a huge, huge, huge obstacle that we had at the beginning was I was trying to teach like Miss Trenchbull from Matilda, if you're familiar with that, like I was very dictatorial in the beginning, like you will sit down and do this work. It doesn't matter if you don't like it, you need this information so that you can graduate and go on to college and get it. I was, I was basically giving them the same rhetoric that I was given, but my kids don't learn that way. And we don't have to learn that way. We're in 2022. My kids don't have to go to college. They can start businesses. They can start YouTube channels. They can start a podcast and have side hustles and DoorDash and all that kind of stuff. Like there's not just one path to success. So I had to really reevaluate how I was teaching in order for us to have more success. And, and honestly, unclench your fist. You know, <laughs> a lot of that, like let some of it go. Let your kids have that free time in the morning. You don't have to start at seven or eight. You can start at 11 and they will still learn, even if it's not at seven and eight in the morning, you know, and including them in the decisions too was super helpful. I did not include my kids at the beginning and I ended up with a shelf of shame that still has a full blown Latin curriculum over there because I thought Latin was what they needed to know. But actually, Japanese is what my oldest wants to know and sign language is what my middle child wants to know. So yeah that that's what helped me i don't want to go too hard on the soapbox moment there but um it definitely is not easy but it in my opinion gets better as you as we unlearn the things that we had to learn in public school if you're like me and realize that you're not trying to put knowledge into your kids brains you're trying to help them understand how to learn so that whatever they want to know when they become an adult, they they feel empowered. They feel like they can do that for themselves. Like, I think when you reverse that thinking, then you can't stop a child from learning. That's, that's literally how they're wired. They want to know everything. They want to get into everything. You don't have to put it there. Trust me. Like, if you, if you have a child who plays Roblox or Minecraft, you know, we didn't teach it to them. They had a thirst for wanting to learn that. And I think that they really do want to learn everything anyway. We just have to be facilitators to bring the right stuff into their environment so that they will want to willingly learn it. And we can actually sit back and just watch and encourage on the sidelines. So you don't have to be the one in front of them, standing over them, making it happen, forcing it into their brains. So I hope that that was helpful. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.